0: Don't build themselves. What's up, and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I am a Dream Mason, a performance and mindfulness coach. I work with leaders, creators, and innovators, those brave enough to build their dreams. If you're a high performer looking for an edge with the desire to expand your leadership, generate more money, more time, and feel more fulfilled, Working with me will support you in making that life a reality. Now, if you haven't already, please support me and this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. Follow me, InspirationalAlex, on Instagram, and share this podcast with a friend. My guest today is John Savita. John is a father, a husband, a creator. He's an educator and a leader and is the developer behind Winston Transitions, a program that supports and builds academic skills and prepares young people and develops them in their life and sets them up to create more work readiness for young adults with learning differences. John is also a life coach whose practice focuses on working with young people who are challenged by learning differences and partners with them to create plans, techniques, and strategies so they can go out and create empowered and successful lives of their dreams. On this episode, we talk about pushing boundaries and getting out of your comfort zone, trying versus doing. We also talk about working with people that have learning differences and are on the spectrum, as well as dealing with our own learning differences. John and I discuss growth versus fixed mindset and cultivating a growth mindset, We also talk about transforming the landscape of education and the life for those with learning differences. We talk about why very few people fit into the educational box and turning up the volume of your life. And John also gives us some great advice for parents who might have children that are struggling. This episode is packed with information that is relevant to the world that we live in today. I know you're going to get value. Let's meet John Savita. Let's get into it.
1: What's up, John? How are you? <laughs> What's going on, Alex? I'm good.
0: Dude, it's good to get. I'm good. It's, uh, it's good to have you on here. I was glad when you reached out and showed some interest. I was like, oh, yeah. this is, you know. I love, I love getting powerful men on the podcast and to have people that are actually like, hey, I want to be on here because I'm up to something. I don't want to share it with the world
1: is a really, it's just a powerful statement to make cool. I appreciate that. This was also, um, I stepped way outside of my comfort zone, <laughs> um, reaching out to you and saying, Hey, I want to do this. Uh, so, you know, always, always got to push the boundaries, right?
0: Yeah, that's great. So for people that I love it, I, I stepped out of my comfort zone. I wanted to do this thing, but I wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. What would you say to other people? Like there, everyone's out there with that, right? There's people yeah. like, let's just start off, like go right in. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What had you do the thing that made you uncomfortable instead of just being, you know, the victim of that uncomfortableness?
1: It's a space that I try to occupy as often as I possibly can these days. You know, I, I, you know, I think it's a little bit of practicing what you preach as well. Um, you know, if I'm going to say to my clients or, or students within my program, you know, to take action now because that's all we have is the present, right? And the time is now, then I have to live by that as well. And if I'm up against any barrier that is going to prevent me from moving my life forward, then I'm, I have to jump right in. You know, it's not – there's no try, right? It's, it's, <laughs> you know,
0: that's, the, that's the second or third time I've heard that today. <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to tell me something.
1: <laughs> I, I always, you know, I, I use this example all the time with, uh, with like prospective families when they come in or clients, and maybe it's a little bit of a goofy example, but I, I, think, it, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I'll often ask people if they've ever tried to jump in a pool, right? You either either do or you don't, right? There's no, you either get wet or you stand on the edge of the pool and nothing ever happens. Right? That's so so that's, that's life, right? Um, sometimes you just got to jump in. And figure out what's gonna happen and then go from there. So I I, I try to live my life that way as best I possibly can. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's, I love
0: that. This is great how we just started. And I love, we jumped in. We just jumped in the pool. We just jumped in. Now we're wet. (laughs) So (laughs) let's let's talk about who you are, what you do first, and what your dream is to really give people an idea of where we're going
1: with them. So who is John Savita? Oh man. Um, by, by education, by training, I am a special educator and, uh, and life coach. Um, uh, my, my dream, I've been, I've been in the world of education for uh, 15 years. Um, and there's a whole long story behind that. Um, but as being somebody that struggled, you know, their whole life in school, Uh, never really fitting into the education model. I always laugh because if anybody would have said to me at the age of 17, John, you're going to be running a school one day, I'd be like, you're out of your effing mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's the last place I'd want to spend my days. And now, you know, I live and breathe education and learning and um, education for life. Um, So, you know, my, my goal is to push the boundaries of education. My dream is to you know, as, as somebody that works with somebody with learning differences, with, with individuals with learning differences, both in my coaching practice and in this particular program, Winston Transitions that I run, um, you know, it's, it's to create a new language around that, um, a different, a new understanding around what that means, you know, and, and, you know, what, instead of a learning disability, it's a learning difference, right? It doesn't mean that there's limitations. It means that things have to be or need to be different. Maybe there's a better way of putting it. Um, that the same old prescription for, you know, remediation and education does not have to stand firm, right? We can, we can twist and bend how we do things for each individual that we're working with because we need to, right? I'm sure in your coaching experiences, you're not – there's not this prescription that you go into with every client that you meet, right? There is, there is a give and take. There is the thing that you learn from them that drives – the direction of that session or whatever, however, whatever the outcome is going to be. We have to look at that. In my perspective, we need to look at that in education as well. So instead of having 35 kids in a classroom and delivering the same instruction to them, how do we individualize? How do we differentiate? And how do we fit a program to a student and not a student to a program? right? That's a really big deal, yeah. but that's just an education. So for me personally, within the work that I do in this, in, in Winston transitions, we're dealing with adults. We're dealing with kids, you know, young adults from 17 to 21. So really what we're doing is we're educating them for life, right? It's not nothing that we do here is traditional. Um, the curriculum that we're teaching is, is very fluid and it's not a very typical curriculum. So the goal is to, to think about what they're going to need be successful in all aspects of their life. Not to get through it. We don't test. We don't give grades here. I don't believe in grades, right? So it's it's how do we use feedback and and understanding of what that person's needs are to to drive the curriculum, to drive the goal, the intention, um, and the outcome is really important. So that's that's everything that we think about, um, and, and that holds true in the work that I do with my individual clients as well. You know, it's it's what do we what can we do. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you hear? Were you able to hear the phone ping in or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Totally, you can hear everything.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> let me. I want to ask you a question because <clears throat> I just saw something for myself that I hadn't mm-hmm. seen. Um, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I and I know you, and you know me, so we know this about each other. Like we right. both grew up with what would have been called learning disabilities, right, at the time right. when we grew up, they were learning disabilities, mm-hmm. and I never had an issue. I never thought of myself as like anything about it, but maybe there's some subconscious things going on, whatever. It's just what it was called. And you shared with me, you know, and you referred to it as, as learning differences. Mm -hmm. And in the sharing that you just did what I got, which was so powerful was the uniqueness of we actually, as a world or as a system have built one box that every human being actually has to fit into. So people like you or me or people that have more serious challenges Right. Um, Or more serious differences fit even further out of the box, right? I would say that, like, I fit, I was outside of the box, but not that far. Right. You know, I don't know where you felt like you were, but I have it that we were pretty close. We Mm -hmm. just had some things that that were more challenging or whatever. And what's awesome is, you know, I have it that as a kid, I was made, I felt wronged for it or not Mm -hmm. good enough or um, like the other kids were smarter or better. And I had to. And say in in other ways. And what I'm really getting from what you shared is it's actually the system that has the disability. It's not the people. The system is actually disabled by creating a box that literally fits probably a very small percentage of people. Very small. And there's nothing wrong with those people either, right? There's nothing wrong with the people in the box or out of the box. But mm-hmm we live in a world where we embrace our differences. We're actually like all about like loving everyone for their uniqueness and their colors and their shapes and their stuff. At least we say we are. right? But then the most, one of the most fundamental pieces of our society, our education is literally like, if you're not like this one guy, there's something wrong with you.
1: Right, right. Well, it's like, you know, even, you know, even again, not to just solely focus on the, uh, you know, the education or academic, um, you know, paradigm, it's more you know, like using like the SATs or, or algebra, mm-hmm. you know, algebra as a marker of somebody, you know, that you're a, a valid candidate to get into a certain college or that you did really well in the SATs means that you're going to be the, the best possible person to go to that school and, and take advantage of that opportunity. To me, that's nonsense because then you're missing out on, I, I'm a horrible test taker, always have been. I think I'm I'm a pretty smart guy in a lot of ways, not in a traditional way, right? So if I would have stayed or allowed myself to stay trapped in that, what you were saying in that box, right? I wouldn't be here. If I didn't think about the opportunities that were out there for me and took a risk on myself and heard some people around me saying, hey, you, you would probably make a really good teacher. Why don't you go check that out? And my background, you know, is, is an artist, really. I mean, I'm, I'm a creative being. That's what I do. I create. I mean, that's so much of who I am in, in everything that I do. Um, you know, in, in build, I built this program from scratch. I was pulled out of a classroom by the heads of, of the school that I worked at, which is Winston Prep, still, you know, the part of the organization that I'm, that I'm part of here, um, to, to build this program from nothing. It didn't exist. And, you know, talk about, again, taking risks and, and jumping in the pool, <laughs> right, um, I said, sure, without any guidelines or any, any real support around it, other than saying, here's an office. You got a year to go build that. Go do it, which was incredible because who doesn't want that kind of autonomy? you know? And, but you also have to have the, the, the creativity, in my perspective, to say, all right, now what am I going to do with this? I was just given a really unique opportunity. What can I make it? And how can I go and turn this into something really special and unique, which I think we really did. I mean, I feel really confident saying that. Um, you almost don't even give
0: yourself that much credit in the in the beginning piece of jumping in because you're like, who who wouldn't want that? And I'm like, I don't know, probably 95% of the world would rather just stay in their safe, cozy box of their job yeah. and their check and no risks and not going after what they really want, you know, and then there's the group that did and then they failed and they went back to the safe place. It's a pretty small group of people that would actually, let's say there's a lot of people that want it, and right. there's actually a very few amount of people that are choosing it.
1: That's a great point. Or or maybe even, you know, know what even maybe it's it's that they have a hard time wrapping their mind around what to do with it. Like the desire's there, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I think, you know, you talk to a lot of people who say they want certain things, but don't necessarily know how to go out and do it. Right. I mean, I think you, you probably coach people like that all the time. Right? It's like, you know, hey, I want to do this. OK, so what are you how are you going to make that happen? Right. And it's it's being able to, you know, have that future vision and do all those things to say, this is what I think it's going to look like, you know. Um,
0: Can we talk about that really quick in, the game, yeah, in terms sure. of what
1: you built? So you built,
0: this is perfect because this is like mm-hmm. something that anyone can apply to whatever it is that they want to build. Mm-hmm. So you got pulled out of a classroom, essentially life or the universe, or just the person who pulled you out of the
1: classroom for those people, yeah. like, don't it's believe a in it. A you know. combination of all. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, uh, offered you an opportunity. That's mm-hmm. all it was. It was almost like a blank slate, right? And you could have done nothing with it or you could have done what you're doing with it. Right. Now, from the, from the beginning, the how didn't exist because if you, if you knew how, then it would probably already be there or somebody would have done it. So for anyone who's doing something like this, how did you, it's great, I'm asking a how question about a how thing, <laughs> how did you actually create something that there, you didn't know the how? I think that's one of the biggest things I get asked as a coach is, how do I do this thing? And I'm like,
1: that's kind of the part you got to leave out. But how did right. you do it? Um, that's a great question. So, you know, there, there were some templates out there, right. In, in, uh, in the format of what a traditional transition program looks like, um, typically, and I, and, and I don't like to use this term, but I don't really know other way, how other ways to say it. Um, transition programs are usually designed for more impaired people cognitively, um, than the types of individuals that we work with in our program. Uh, our, our students typically, you know, they kind of fall into the gray area, of learning differences. Um, so, you know, looking at some of those templates and going, all right, well, here's, here's like a framework, but that framework doesn't, it, again, it's another box, right, that we want to try to get away from. Um, so it was really, okay, so here's that, and now what can I do that's going to be wildly different than that and, and be really creative with it. And I think part of it was that I, I had this vision, right, of this very fluid space within academics where it wasn't show up to a class, take, take, take out your notebook, turn to page 63 in the textbook, and answer the questions at the end of page 122. Right? Great. Who you know, anybody can do that. That's or at least that's <laughs> what the model tells us we're supposed to be doing. I didn't want that for our students, right? Yeah. We wanted something more along the line. I wanted, I envisioned a workspace. I was thinking about we have, you know, we're we're dealing with anywhere from 17 to 21 year olds, what we call emerging young adults. Um, So how can we create an environment that's going to mimic real life? That's what I was looking to do. How do we create an environment that shows them in the most supportive way, but also in the most least restrictive way possible, that here are all the trials and tribulations of being an adult here are the pitfalls, here are the successes and the and the and all the magical stuff that can happen, but they all exist together. And how do you balance that? How do you deal with that? Now, for a lot of our, our students and even the clients that I work with, and I'll talk a little bit more about that more specifically, because it's there's there is a difference um, in some ways. But you know, getting getting individuals that think very concrete and literally most often, quite a quite many of my clients and many of our students are on the spectrum, meaning the autism spectrum disorder. Now that's a whole nother conversation because it's a very wide spectrum. Uh, We're typically dealing with or working with individuals that would fall into the Asperger's category, which no longer exists according to the DSM five, right? Mm -hmm. As as we talked about learning disabilities to learning differences, classifications change all the time. Um, So, you know, these are individuals that think very concrete and literally. So, Coaching, and even within this program, so all the things that I knew about life coaching, um, i've w- I've woven into this transition program as well. Um, so I've even you know exposed many of my team members here to the the processes of of coaching somebody and guiding them and doing all that. Uh, and, and it works really well, but it's different because you're dealing with somebody who has a hard time with the abstract, right and thinking about how to how to envision their lives in a more abstract way outside of the very black and white, it's this or it's that, and that's it. There's, no, there's nothing else that can, you know, rigidity, right? Um, we do a lot of work around growth and fixed mindset here and things like that to help them understand that it's much more powerful to, to spend as much time as you possibly can in a growth mindset than in a fixed mindset. And, right, it seems obvious, but it's not for we you know. I, I know what that is. We share yeah. what that is for listeners oh. that don't know the difference between uh, fixed and growth mindset. Yeah, absolutely, sure. Um, so, fixed mindset is, uh, I guess, kind of to put it in like layman's terms. I guess is is just really being locked in on one thing. Well, really, it's about the I can't, right? It's the showing up every day, going, ah, I can't do that. You know, it's just that's not going to happen today. Or yeah, this is or, is
0: like as good as it gets. It,
1: yeah, I, I only yeah. have to, sure to reach
0: a seven. I'll never yeah. be more than a seven.
1: Yeah, that's my bandwidth, right? That's that's yeah. all I got to give, and that's never I'm never going to be able to achieve any more than that, right? Yeah. Which it's not true in, in, in most cases, right, if not all. Um, and then growth mindset is seeing all the possibilities, right? Showing up with the idea that who knows what today is going to bring. You know, if I, if I allow myself to think differently here, then something, something really unique could happen, right? So even kind of going back to your initial question, I know we kind of deviated a little bit, okay. um, but going back to your initial question about even something like building something like this or even building my coaching practice, which happened really organically. Um, it's, I think it was all about allowing myself to be more in that growth mindset space and seeing the possibilities and, and always striving for something better and different. You know, I mean, that's, that's really what it, that's what it
0: is. Well, and I think you, you, one of the ways that I see Mm -hmm. you encompassing growth mindset, because the other piece I would add to it for people that Mm -hmm. don't know is the idea that like, I'm a seven, but with practice, I could be a 10, 11, a 12, a hundred, whatever, that there's always the ability to stretch the bandwidth versus this is what it is and it can't change. Yeah. Um, And I think it's cool for people to understand that you're, you can be fixed mindset and growth mindset in different areas of your life. So you could say, I have a growth mindset around my physical activity. Like I can get healthier and I can get in better shape that you could have a fixed mindset around your mental abilities, like "oh, right. this is as smart as I'm going to be," and because that's what my IQ test said, and that's it. <laughs> right, right. And it's actually about what I and what I love about what it seems like your whole thing is about really not just crafting the fic, the growth mindset about what's possible, mm. but stretching the bandwidth of human beings. Like you're literally doing it. You're, you're literally and
1: figuratively doing growth mindset. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a constant process um, and, and helping individuals, you know, figure that out and, and make those connections and, and also just being present to it myself, you know, on a daily basis um, as a parent, you know, as, as an educator, as, you know, how does that show up? How does it show up with you for you personally? And then with your family? Oh man. Um, I, yeah, I think it there, I mean, there's a giant overlap, you know, I mean, it's, it's different when you, I guess when you're exercising it at home, uh, I think, you know, parenting and teaching are two different things completely. Um, you know, and, and again, I, I, I guess the same thing what I said before about practicing what you preach kind of thing, because um, I can be the calmest, most, you know, rational human being on the planet when I'm here sitting in this seat, you know, and somebody can come across, you know, something can come across my desk, that's, you know, a, the, one of the heaviest problems you might imagine for somebody. And we've had some, we've had to deal with some pretty serious stuff. Um, but then when you go home, you know, that hat comes off and you're a dad and, and, you know level of patience and things might not always exist. Um, So you have to be aware of that, you know, and you have to, you have to think about again, um, in relationship to the growth and fixed mindset, how, how can I get myself to see the possibilities within that relationship with my child, the same way that I could see it with somebody else um, that I, that I don't have that love, serious bond relationship with it's caring exists when you're working with you know a a person that you're not related to but it's not the same bond obviously um so that's there's always that challenge there and that's hard um i don't know if that was a great answer for that or not um it's a complicated question um parenting
0: try to give me me a better answer for the next one what was that I said, I was joking. I said, make it up on the next one. Make like, like, it's like golf, like, you, you know, make it up on the next hole. Yeah. So, you got it. <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, so what's the, if you were to accomplish your goals in your, let's just say in your work. No, let's go bigger than that. If you were to accomplish your goal in life, like what is your goal for your life and what would it look
1: like to accomplish it? My goal, my goal is to never stop moving. <laughs> my goal is to, mm-hmm. is to keep doing and doing, um, and always striving. You know, like you said, I like that, you know, are, are you a seven here? Do you have, you know, I always think there's a beyond 10 there's, you know, you, know, you mm-hmm. can always turn it up to 11 cause it's one louder. Right. You know, you just want to keep going. Right. Um, so, you know, I have, I, I have a vision of where I see myself in the future. Um, it's, I'm, I'm always building it as we go. Um, I think that's part of the process as well. You know, I, I envision myself, I do quite a bit of public speaking already and it's something I'm extremely passionate about and I get like a massive high off of getting up in front of a, a whole group of people and, and just sharing and talking and, and engaging in conversation. Um, so that's something that I see myself in my more senior years and maybe sooner than that, um, really doing a lot more of, um, and possibly making a living doing that. I don't know. Um, but that's something that's, that's some, something I envision really, but beyond that, that's really more of like a personal thing, um, with the same meshe- with the same message, message rather, sorry, and intention, um, of, of making change within the population of individuals that I work with um, or for. Um, And, you know, I want to, I want to transform the landscape of education and life for adults with learning differences. You know, uh, a lot of the work we do is getting our students out and my clients also out into the world of employment and, um, you know healthy relationships and and achieving all their dreams um and they can just like you or i or anybody else right and you know we had forms of learning differences ourselves i agree with you when i think about myself i was you know very seemingly typical kid very popular you know never had any issues socially or things like that but in a classroom i was completely lost had no idea what was going on always felt that i was Never up to par with everybody else from an intellectual standpoint, which I don't think is, you know, I really do not believe is true now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a hard thing to deal with. So it's helping other people explore that and, and step outside of that box again to go back to that idea um, is really important. But I think also to transform other people's ideas about what learning differences are um, is, is really important to me. Um, you know, we when I'm out working and, and interacting and networking with all different organizations to take our kids in as internships and all that, that's a really complicated piece. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, elevator pitching and all sorts of things that have to go into that of saying, hey, this is what we do. And, you know, tugging on the heartstrings and saying, come on, jump on board with us for this crazy mission to change somebody's life. Um, and we need you as a, as a really important piece of that puzzle because without you, they're never going to have that real experience or that opportunity. Um, but we then, in turn, or me and, and, and the people that work with me, um, have to help shift their mindset. So, again, going back to kind of fixed and growth mindset, right? It all kind of comes back to all these things is helping somebody who had no experience, maybe, with anybody with a learning difference wrap their minds around why, why would I take somebody on into my company or into my organization or into my store or, you know, whatever it might be to be part of this community. Um, And what we've discovered through that process is that the people we work with have tremendous value and and creativity and thoughtfulness and uh, intelligent ways of thinking about things that maybe not everybody thinks of, you know? Um, and it's, it's getting them to connect with that in a really deep way, which is, can be really hard. Now, I'm, I'm personally trying to, my, one of my goals, and it's a challenge, is to get larger corporations to think about diversity in a different way, right? right now it's, you know, LBGGQ is kind of the you know, mainstay in the, in the idea of diversity in the, work, in the workplace in a, in a lot of ways. Um, most corporations will say that they do hire people with disabilities, right? By by law, they kind of have to, and a lot of, they can't discriminate against, but it doesn't mean it really happens in the way that it should, nor is there an understanding on how to support those people in the workplace. Um, I'm a big believer in disclosure. You know, if you go into a workspace and say to somebody, it all kind of goes back to the idea of advocacy, right? But advocacy doesn't happen really well in your life. This is for anybody. This is whether you have a learning difference or not. This is for all people, I believe. Um, If you're not able to understand yourself, then you can't advocate for yourself. If you don't know where you're struggling in the first place, then you can't get help. You can't get support, right? A parent, um, about I don't know, probably earlier on in the year, we were in here having a conference with her child and, and, and the family, and the mom said something that just stuck with me, and I use it from time to time now. Um, it's, you know, you, you uh, I hope I get this right. You have to know you're in jail first to get out of jail, right? You have to know that there's something wrong. You have to know that there's a problem. You have to know that there's something that you need to shift in order to actually get away from it and find a solution so it doesn't keep repeating, right? Um, I think
0: it's, it's God, I'm, I'm like, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking a lot about like my experience as a child mm-hmm. and how lucky I was to have the mom that I had who literally like went to bat mm-hmm. for me right because like, as a kid you can't go to bat for yourself it's not like an adult like hey it's actually on you now you're the responsible one take the mm-hmm. responsibility for your life but as a kid like you don't you don't know how to no one knows you have no idea how to do that and you to your point don't know you're in jail to be able to, to advocate for yourself right and i think about You know, my mom was one of those people that she was unwilling to not let me get everything I needed. So, yes, there might be a program I couldn't be in because of a a learning uh, difference or um, a challenge that I would have had around an SATs or something. But my mom was unwilling to let that be okay. So it was like tutors or special classes or being involved in school on a regular basis, making sure she knew, this is especially when I was like elementary school, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, really getting an idea of like what I had to do for homework so she could support me with it. Right. And I think, you know, I'm just lucky, right? Like I didn't get to pick out of a lineup who's going to be the best mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, I think there's two kind of other ways that it can go, which is one way the parents just can't be with it and they just avoid it like altogether right and that's that's a whole nother thing because um, they're probably avoiding other things altogether as parents mm. and then there's the other parent who i think like probably really wants to and doesn't know how either they actually they don't know how to help their kids or give their kids the things that they need because no one showed them right so from your place you know i have it that not many kids are listening to this podcast um <laughs> that's all right but there's I do think a lot of parents listen to this podcast and I think especially yeah. younger parents based on the demographics I know that of people mm-hmm. listening you know and in the world we live in it's like more people are having learning you know uh, differences or challenges than are not it's unbelievable and yeah so what advice would you give to those people as parents that don't know like they find out there's something going on with their kid and
1: yeah. you know, what do they do well, I just I, – I think also to make a point, I think what we're seeing and kind of going back to what you said before, you know, I, I, I was in elementary school and middle school, you know, high school in the through the 70s and 80s, right? Nobody was getting diagnosed necessarily with, with specific learning differences. Um, we're seeing a lot more diagnosis now, and it's, it's, it's prevalent. I mean, you know, it's pervasive. Um, and it kind of – I'm going to answer that question, but I just – Thinking about a better answer, maybe to your previous question about how growth and fixed mindset and all this stuff shows up in being a parent as well as uh, as an educator. Um, I have I have two kids with learning differences out of my three. Um, my daughter was just diagnosed with dyslexia this past year. Uh, my other son, we we've known had uh, out of my twin boys, my my one son Bray, we've known has, has had learning differences since he's very little. Um, it's what you said, you know, in regards to the awareness, you know, your mom being the strongest advocate for you and not allowing any of those, you know, the, the, the typical pitfalls that will happen for a, a, an individual with a learning difference, you know, falling or just getting swept under. My experience was I was the kid who I was a charming kid <laughs> and I was I was able to get pushed along. So I got swept under the rug, kind of, and just you know barely got out of high school and did all those things because everybody thought, oh, John, John, he's, he's going to be fine, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, seriously, uh, you know. And my parents, um, I was the first person to graduate high school in my family, let alone have a master's degree. Um, and I think maybe the only one diagnosed with a learning disability. So you know, uh, my family had no idea what to do with me when I was rolling around on the floor. Um, not wanting to pay attention to math because that's like my, where my greatest area of difficulty always lie. Um, you know, and, and tutors and everything, just fighting it because I had no idea how to get help or, or respond to help. Um, and they didn't know, my mom didn't know what to do. You know, um, so being as a parent, being as aware and honest with what's happening with your child is so important. And not trying to push it off or force them to keep up with the Joneses. You know, uh, I see it all the time with families and I don't want to get too preachy, but, um, the soapbox is already out. So I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of times families will get caught up in, Hey, you know, Sally down the block is going to college. So, you know, Jamie's got to go too. And that's not, it's not always right now. You know, maybe they're just not ready yet. doesn't mean that they never will be. That, that word yet is really optimal, right? just means you're not ready yet. doesn't mean that you're never going to be. Or maybe there's another path. Maybe college isn't the right path for somebody. I, so I think, again, you know, kind of bringing it back to growth and fixed mindset, it's not being locked into one thing. That this is what, just because you go to, co- you know, you go to high school, you're 17 years old, then the next step is college. doesn't have to be. The average age of a college graduate nationally is 27 years old. There's a lot of variables involved in that, you know, late, you know, people changing careers and late bloomers and obviously people with learning differences. There's so many different things that can happen. Uh, socioeconomic standing can be a factor within that. There's a lot of things that go into it. Um, but a big part of it is, is that you have to be ready. You know, people sometimes go to college when they're not ready and they drop out, they fail out, they get expelled. Right. And then they're back yeah. out trying to figure things out, you know, yeah, well, uh, or there's the,
0: you know, I went to college cause I did that right. Like, Hey, if you don't go to college, you're you're out on your own. You got to figure it out. And I was yeah. like, I don't know how to do that. So college, at least, I get the support of family and whatnot. But I look back; well, those four years were the biggest wasted four years of my life to this point because I didn't want to be there. So I wasn't connected and plugged in. Um, I went to I went to four colleges in four years. It's kind of incredible. Like I I love saying it because like how did I go to four colleges in four years and graduate on time when I right. wasn't in school. But the thing that I look back at it and go, man, I did the thing that I was supposed to do. Great, I got a degree in history. I know a whole bunch of stuff about like the American Revolution and you know, like the formation of America. And it doesn't help me really at all. You know, I look back and and look, it's not a regret, but I think about if we got out of that box, what could I have done with that time? that may have actually really propelled me or something, or right. finding something that would have been excited about, uh, or even have taken a break and then you know gone back. Cause I don't think, I think education is great. Mm-hmm. I just think for me, I, I'm fit your model as, at 18 years old, it was not a box to put me in. Now, if you had thrown me in college in my, in my mid to early twenties, right. I would have gone in for writing. Or some sort of media, and I would have right, right, right. But I didn't. But I didn't know that at eighteen. At eighteen, I was like, I more school. All
1: right, I guess I'll do whatever's easiest. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a totally different experience when you go back older, um, and you're because re- you're more ready for it. You know. But I, I think also with 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 parents and, and families, it's you know the the ones who recognize that there is a struggle, that there's something happening. Um, are, are going to see progress much quicker. They're going to see, you know, like, like I said before, you know, we, we discovered that we noticed something with my daughter this year, or last year rather, that she wasn't reading and she was already in first grade and we needed to do something about it. You know, uh, my wife and I are both educators, so we're a little bit more aware than maybe other people might be, but I've had families come in here that are professionals in mental health and education and don't see it with their own children. You know, we're often blind to the differences and difficulties that our kids are having because we're too close to it, you know, and, and we have to be, you know, I'm not going to be on a high horse about this. We have to be empathetic about it and, and, and connect with why that can happen because it's real. Um, but the, the quicker you open your eyes up to the reality of what your child is dealing with, the, the, the quicker you can get them help and, and things can shift really dramatically. Um, I think that's really important. I always say to families when they, you know, when I go out and do presentations about this program or just, you know, my, you know, my knowledge around this work um, is the sooner the better, whether, whether your child stays on this trajectory, whether they need a transition program or, or they're not, you know, or, or we're saying right now, they're not ready for college. They don't have to stay on that path, but at least we're identifying that there might be a need somewhere down the line. So then you're not showing up at my door at 19 years old and going, oh, we're, we're, he just failed out of college or, you know, he's 19 and he's still in high school or she is, you know, and, and what are we doing here? Um, first and foremost, I say, you know, you're here and this is the best place you could possibly be right now. So let's not worry about all the things that didn't happen in the past. Let's just focus on what we're dealing with right now and let's move forward, right? That's all we have. We only have now. So we just need to think about that um, and capitalize on that. Um, but if you can get ahead of the game, and think about what you can do preemptively, then you're gonna make your child's life go a little bit smoother, your family life go a little bit smoother, um, and the uh, possibility for success is gonna be greater. Um, and we've seen that. Um, what happens a lot, what, what I see, and, and what I often reflect back to parents that come in to hear, uh, to, to you know, investigate this as a possibility, um, I use my coaching practice as a real clear lens of what could potentially happen in the future for your child if you don't, not this program in particular, but take advantage of um, resources that, that are out there. Uh, you know, I'm working with young men mostly, anywhere from the ages of, of 25 to almost 40, that most of them are college graduates and never had... The skill development that that we provide in the work that we do here, and they're now you know sitting on their parents' couch at 35 years old playing video games and can't get a job to save their lives and can't build a relationship, don't know how to communicate with people effectively. And there's a bright individual. It's one of my clients that graduated from Brown University, you know, and and he's stuck. He's doing well. He's actually made a lot of progress, but he but he's stuck, you know, and that's hard. Yeah. Um, the degree doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get where you need to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't also mean just because you got the degree, the degree, like you said, you spent four years in college and probably walked out with not a whole lot that you were going to do with that other than, you know, you can spew out some history facts at a cocktail party, you know, yeah. which is cool, but not enough. Um, you know, so, so it's more than that. And there's a whole host of skills that go along with that. You know, resiliency, you know, the ability to, to advocate for yourself, communicate for yourself really successfully is connected to advocacy, right? Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I deal with a lot of individuals, with what we call executive functioning difficulties. I don't know if you're familiar with that term or not. No, what is um, that? Executive functioning is, uh, well, it all happens right here in the frontal lobe, Right. And it is the ability to make decisions. It's the ability to organize and manage information, organize physical material. Um, you know, people with real executive functioning difficult. Like had <laughs> has issues with this. What was that?
0: <laughs> well, it's like it's, basically everyone out there has some issues with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like everybody's
1: always like, oh, I'm ADD. You know, ADD and executive. Oh, yeah, functioning. I'm
0: overwhelmed. I can't get through my to-do list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. things that are a waste of time instead of things that matter. Yeah. Can't
1: follow my schedule. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and there is some real severity to it. I mean, the real extreme, an example I use a lot, um, for real extreme executive functioning difficulties. Uh, and this typically is associated with somebody on the spectrum or somebody with what we call nonverbal learning disability, which is not what it sounds. It's, it's, these are highly verbal individuals, very bright individuals. they they have a difficulty with nonverbal cues. So like facial expressions, right. body language, social cues, very similar to Asperger's or, or, or high functioning ASD. So these individuals typically have a lot of executive functioning struggles. And an example I would use for somebody with that type of profile, like very severe executive functioning issues is, you know, I might look out, you and I might look out the window and see that it's raining and we're going to grab an umbrella, right? Somebody with real executive functioning deficits is just going to walk out in the rain and not think twice about it and show up wherever they were supposed to show up soaking wet and, not think, and not, think think, yeah. <laughs> not think anything about it, yeah. um, you know, and it's, it's, it's real. Um, so helping and supporting, you know, people like this to find solutions around these difficulties in their life because they don't go away, but you can find solutions to manage them really successfully and, and move your life forward. And again, build relationships, find really successful employment, tap into skills. I have a client who's a really talented, uh, a comic book writer, you know, and, and helping him move projects forward and, and find employment that's going to support his creativity and all those things, you know, and it's pretty cool. Like, these, everybody has a gift, everybody has a talent, in my opinion. It's tapping into it, you know, and just because there's a learning difference attached to that doesn't mean that that talent can't exist. I have kids in this program that are beyond talented in so many ways, um, and it's just creating a space that they can, they can access that um is... i have uh i've done a, it it hasn't well depending on timing we'll see but
0: i have a, a mm. podcast that i just recently recorded with a, a really good old friend of mine who's the creator and owner of a comic book company that oh, just yeah won the award for like the best comic book company of the year like for the more independent labels they just won right. in their second year of business the award for best comic book company um yeah it's funny that you have a that you just uh, shared that yeah. um I want to. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Or, um, what do you most need to achieve this dream
1: that you're trying to create? I, I, I think a lot of a lot of bandwidth. <laughs> um, you know that that you know the ability to keep going, resiliency, uh, creativity. Um, again, kind of just going back to what I was saying before. Creativity has helped me so much in, in relationship to building a program like this, you know, the ability to see beyond the box, see beyond, you know, have a vision of what I want it to be. I started this program with 12 kids in one room, you know, when uh, almost seven years ago. Um, and now we're up to 35 students and, in in uh, and we have our own dedicated campus on Madison Avenue and it's a beautifully creative space and, and really funky space. Um, and we're probably heading into the 40s in September, um, and contemplating expanding and doing all those things. You know, so having that vision from one room, literally in a box, right, to having a wider breadth of of um, creating opportunities for for our students. Um, yes, I just I just think a, a drive and a vision and, and passion. You know, you have to love. I show up every day loving what I do, no matter how challenging my day is going to be. Um, I. Really, really love what I do. Really love what I do. And what would and, you? Yeah. No, <laughs> sorry. Well, it's okay. Um,
0: if 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 kids were list, if there were children listening to this, and let's assume yeah. not like five year olds, but like twelve year olds, children that could actually, you know, comp- are old enough to comprehend the conversation we're having to a degree, mm-hmm. and they and they're struggling. What advice would you give to a child who is struggling? Um.
1: For I think, if it's somebody like like somebody that, that I work with, um, you know, it's be realistic to start. Think about what it is that you need first and foremost. Right? Again, if we're talking about somebody who's young and they're growing, I think you really need to understand what it is that you're dealing with in the first place. But not using it as a limitation. It doesn't mean that you can't achieve what you want to achieve. Right. You know, it's like, like, like they say, sometimes talent is overrated, right. Or, you know, it's not enough to be talented or you have to, you have to take advantage of every opportunity that comes along, no matter how disconnected those opportunities might seem from whatever your dream is. You have to take advantage of that. We had an experience. I'm going to, I'll share this little narrative because maybe this will help. Um, there was a a young woman, a girl, woman, she's 20 years old, in this program currently who, in the very beginning of being here, was kind of kicking and screaming being here, kind of pushing back on everything that we would do. And she's a really bright, creative kid, or young woman now. Um, and we set her up, and we we choose the internships for our students and all that. It's not about filling fantasies. It's about putting somebody in a place of need, and that's why I'm, I'm making this connection. So we, we set her up in this really – cool office type of uh, internship in a non-for-profit organization in the city. Um, and she was in really working in the fundraising office. And what we talked to her about, and I did very personally talk to her about this, was she kind of felt bored by it in the very beginning. But I kept saying to her, you know, you need to think about what this opportunity can provide you. You know, you're working with some influential people that can guide you post your college experience. She's going to college next year after this program. Um, and I said, post this experience, these are people that you're going to be able to, to, to draw upon later on in your life, that you're going to be able to go back to. Now, what the factors involved in how, how, what you're going to get out of this is how you show up. If you show up and you kick and scream through the whole process and, ah, this is boring, I don't want to do this, you're going to get nothing out of it and there's gonna be nothing on the back end of it. There's gonna be no way that these people are ever gonna write you a letter of recommendation, none of that. But if you go into it with the idea of, I'm going to make this everything I could possibly make it, no matter how mundane it might seem, I'm gonna find the creativity in it, and I'm gonna turn it into something much bigger than it really is maybe, or identify what's really powerful about that situation. So long, long story short, she just got hired from them for the summer, and if she stays in touch with them, she might have a job waiting for her after college. You never know. You know, but, but she listened to us through that process and turned, and she did a 180 mid-year and started to show up really powerful every day and, you know, stuffed those envelopes like nobody ever stuffed an envelope before and made the phone calls, you know, with a lot of energy and, and, and really contributed in a, in a really in a, a much more successful way. And she's now seeing the reward from that. So I, I think, you know, it seems simple, but it's not. And I think, you know, helping the students and helping anybody understand that, um, no matter where they are in their lives, to, to get a sense of, hey, every little opportunity is gonna build to something else. Um, and I think that's really important. What's the advice you would give to a
0: parent that, has, that notices that a kid is struggling right now? Get on it
1: immediately get them evaluated, get them in the right school because <laughs> it is transformative. You cannot keep your child, and I'm say that i going to say this very firmly, you cannot keep your child in a school that is not working. You have to get them out, <laughs> plain and simple, because the situations that they're dealing with, the difficulties that they're dealing with are not going to go away if you don't. And they might get pushed through, and, and you're going to end up, in a bleak situation with somebody who is limited in, in their, in their life skills and in their education. Um, if, if you can catch it early, do it, get them, get them evaluated, get them and find a placement. That's going to make the most possible sense for them um, at, at whatever cost. And there's a lot of resources out there. I mean, that's all, that could be a whole other podcast, <laughs> but there's a lot of resources available to families, especially here in New York um, funding mechanisms and everything else that can make all that affordable. Um, no matter where you're coming from, uh, from a socioeconomic standpoint, it doesn't matter. Um, the resources are out there. You have to be um, savvy and knowledgeable enough to do it and, and heed the warning signs. You know, if your kid is struggling really early on, take, jump on it quickly.
0: And then how do you, you, know, you, you run your life and operate in a field that is, it's almost like everything's stacked against you. It's mm-hmm. not like the world is lining up to support and help you accomplish this goal. There are people, there are some things, but for the most part, you are fighting. I did one of the podcasts with with the um, David and Claire Hoyt, who are like building like games to educate people and create teamwork. Mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. want to change education also and they're based in Chicago. Right. Like you guys are fighting against a system that's like piling down on yeah. top of you. So how do you wake up? You know, you said before, <clears throat> I, I, the vision, the passion, I love what I do. But how do you wake up every single day, get out of your bed, excited to do it, when this is the game that you decided to play? Um,
1: I just do. <laughs> uh, because I, because I, I guess, I know, that's not a, a good answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, it that just doesn't help anyone else. <laughs> and I, don't, I actually don't believe it.
0: Because there's days that you, that you're a human being, there's days that you don't, you know, oh, today it, you're, you're on, you're on it, you're in it, but there's days yeah. that you don't, and yet you still show up to your commitment.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's the resiliency piece. That's the, that's the grit, you know, that's something I think you develop over life and, and, you know, looking at all the, the failures, you know, I always say we fell up, right. You know, we're, we're not, we could, every failure is another layer to build upon, right? It's just something else to look back on and go, well, why did that happen? And I'm not going to let that happen again, because now I'm going to do something different. Um, I, I think about the kids and I think about their futures. And I think about if I don't show up, what happens, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I know I'm not the panacea. You know, um, there's no magic pill that I'm offering anybody. There's, you know, there's nothing that it's, it's join me on a process, you know, join me on a journey to, to find solutions and, and everybody that works with me to do this and, and create a team, you know, and, and that idea, no matter how, and trust me, there are days I know I go to bed checking my email um, as I often do. Um, and know that sometimes there's something that I have to really deal with the next day. That's just going to be really challenging. Um, and I might have to have a really difficult conversation with a, with a parent or a student that most people probably wouldn't want to have. Um, but if I don't have that, then nothing's going to change in that person's life. And yeah, there's a consequence there. There's a weight to that, that it just, it drives it, you know, um, and every success that comes out of every difficult conversation that we have or I have personally with a client or we have here collectively or individually with a student or a family is going to drive progress. That's feedback in that moment in a really timely way that's going to drive progress. So I show up with that energy every day because the potential for that to happen is so great. I have to show up. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. No, I love that. I hear, I hear
0: this a combination between – your why like the why you do it, but also you're present to the consequences and the impact of not doing it. So if you, if you don't choose your why there's a, there's a whole thing that will happen. And you also sound like you're really present in just the process and the journey that it's, this is not, you're, you're not expecting to show up and change the world or cure anyone's ills overnight or make anyone become a superhero in a moment. It's actually just being on the journey for the long haul. So there's a, there's a, a belief in possibility,
1: but there's also uh, being in where you are at the, time, at the same moment. So yeah. You know. yeah. Well, being grounded in the reality of the moment, right? Yeah. I think that's so important. And, and that's what I mean by being realistic. Not, not realistic as a limitation, but realistic as this is what we're dealing with right now. This is the greatest area of need. If we don't deal with this right now, then nothing is going to shift ever yeah. because yeah. That, that thing stays present. So it's really important. I have one more question for you, and this is just sure. random. I don't know why I thought about it,
0: but if you could partner with any leader that's ever lived to support you in your cause, you could just go get them and they'd be like on your team to help you. Who would that leader be?
1: Oh my God.
0: Um, wow.
1: I know, right? Just, I mean, it just can't Ooh. be. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a big one. Um, any leader? Oh God, Alex, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying. All these names are like flying through my head of who jumps out, and you know, and all these people that have, you know, fought for change and growth. Oh man! Um, But there's a personal piece, like who, right? Because it's like who would be the one that you
0: would want, like, by your side.
1: (laughs) Um. Oh God, I don't know if I can answer that. I really don't know. I don't know if I can answer that. I'm being honest. Um, you know, I I could say Albert Einstein, you know, I mean, he, you know, allegedly had a learning difference, um, and was able to achieve massive things in his life. If, you know, um, if I was able to sit with him and, and have him with his beautiful mind, um, be able to very clearly shift the perspective of, of individuals with learning differences. That could be incredible, you know. I don't know. I mean, that seems very. uh, uh Don't walk back your choice. Be powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be confident. I'm gonna be powerful. in my yeah, decision.
0: Albert Einstein. <laughs> you know, none of the other leaders are feeling sad about not being chosen. Gonna be like, I'm
1: um, sure. Okay. As long as I didn't hurt anybody's feelings, so, so that's no, that's good. No, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, John, if people want to, you know, learn more about your the school. um, how you support people in your coaching practice through transition and developing better life skills. Um, Simply want to follow you, you know, how how do they go about doing that?
1: Yeah, you can go to uh, winstonprep.edu and click on the WT for Winston transitions, a little blue box there for the four campuses that exist. Um, And you'll see my, my mission statement um, and, and lots of information about our program. Uh, We're all web-based. So everything is on there. Um, if you're interested in, in coaching, um, Savita coaching.com, um, or reach me at uh, savitacoaching at gmail.com. Awesome. John,
0: thanks for reaching out to me. Thanks for, um, you know, you, you bring a unique story. That's so different from a lot of the people that I've had on here and, I think we talked about some really awesome things, like things that I haven't discussed yet—the growth mindset, the fixed mindset—but right. just things that haven't come up, and things that are actually super tangible. Whether people are struggling with something or just living a completely fine, great, whatever life. Yeah, I'm just like I learned some stuff in this in this episode. Things new, things that I was reminded of, and new things. So thanks for bringing that wisdom, the boldness, the directness. Right. Um, I'm just always present to like, you care so much, which is awesome. And, you know, I know you care and love your family and that's a huge thing for you, Mm -hmm. but you have this care and love for these people that you don't have to, this is like what you do every day and get out of bed for is an absolute choice. Um, and a choice that so many people would, you know, avoid, don't want to be with. So it's, I I just want to acknowledge you for that. The heart, the big wide space that you provide in your heart that would allow you to take in all these people and love them and support them
1: thank you Alex I appreciate that um, I really do. do that that means a lot um, coming from another uh big-hearted man um, I really do appreciate that thank you um, this is this has been awesome It's really good to see you it's been a while and you look like you're doing well yeah, yeah. keep keep moving on man keep never stop moving ever <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I am keep going and you never stop moving. It's good. <laughs> cool.
1: All right. thanks All again, right. John. You got it. My pleasure and thank you. Very, I'm glad I, I reached out and took advantage of this opportunity. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason Podcast. Please subscribe to the Dream Mason Podcast so you don't miss an episode share it with a friend, and give us a review on iTunes. I am grateful to have had you here. If you want more, you can follow or reach out to me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at inspirationalalex or at thedreammason.com or email me at alex at thedreammason.com. And remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves. Sous-titrage